friends, welcome back to another sexy episode of the Film Alchemist Podcast, the show where we take the movies we love, break them apart, to find out what gives them their magic. I'm your host, Josh Griffey, uh, joined as always by my friend, co-host, and handy, handy person. There we go, Alex Dandino. Or a uh, little, little oversized Joey Pants over there, my co-host, Alex Dandino. <laughs> quadruple size joey pants yeah <laughs> all right before today's uh, exciting episode of this the first episode of november oh a little bit of business people it is official we're on patreon that's right patreon.com slash film alchemist pod the best way to support the show the best way to make the show exactly what you want uh for as little as a dollar a month you can join the community over there you get a vote every month on the patreon exclusive movies we have a big library over there of awesome flicks uh, you get a commentary. Uh, our new miniseries, Tales from the Griff, dropping this month. If you're a Tales from the Crypt lover. Uh, some of you are new here from the Horror Movie Marathon. That's for yous. Uh, if you like us enough and you want to do that tier, you can even get a double feature. You pick and we'll record for you. Uh, so we're working real hard to make sure that's worth your time and money. So go on over to patreon.com slash filmalchemistpod. Thank you so much for those of you who do. Thank you for those of you who are about to as well. The YouTube, subscribe over there, Phil Malcolmist. The email, philmalchemistpod at gmail.com. We're on all the socials. Uh, just out there spreading our wings, doing that. Find us there. Yeah. Uh, make sure you leave those five-star ratings and reviews. Help us defeat the algorithmic uh, cops that are trying to bust up, cock block us. You know, help sure you, uh, you go help us over there. <laughs> Guys, I'm loopy. I'm loopy. This is my first non-horror movie in a while, so I'm all I'm all juiced up. Uh, this month, November, Alex and I came up with probably one of our most clever and high-minded themes. Yeah, we're very, we're very high-minded over here. Very, very above, very yeah. highbrow. This crowd. Yeah, like your Thanksgiving turkey. This month, the pod gets stuffed. Erotic thriller month. <laughs> uh, so clever. this is a, this is gonna be a fun and sexy, sexy month full of thrills and sexy. Have I said sexy like six times? If you're drinking, you're dead. Uh, but yeah, so we decided we would start with a movie that we both really love, Bound, right? Yeah. So Bound is uh, Joey Pants, Jennifer Tilly, Gina Gershon in a kind of sexual crime caper. Uh, so Alex, by the Wachowskis. The Wachowskis, that's right. Alex, opening thoughts on Bound. Man, I saw Bound in college. That was like definitely my like I feel like Bound is one of those movies that we all saw in college because we had seen The Matrix. Like The Matrix was one of our all of our first like experiences at the theaters where we were like, holy shit, like something shifted underneath us. Like the ground has changed. And we're like, what else are the has the have the Wachowskis done? And we all found this movie Bound and we're like, Oh, cool, like Jennifer Tilly and Gina Gershon, like, you know, for those of us who have like super weird mind especially at that point let's see like i was in the 2000s so i think by that time <laughs> c to chucky had come out something like that mm -hmm. like everybody kind of knew who jennifer tilly was i actually knew gina gershon when i saw this from this dog shit racing movie that sylvester stallone made called uh driven uh <laughs> gina gershon and again this is like again the, I, to her credit gina gershon's a chameleon in a lot of ways um she was like this like sex pot trophy wife in the movie driven and then to watch her and bound just fucking blew my mind and threw me for a loop and then yeah joey pants um but bound is this really cool noir thriller and 
it is sex on a stick, man. Like there's like no way around that. Yeah. It. And again, like I think of all the movies this month, to be honest with you, this movie does such an amazing job of, of utilizing, like it's weird to say this, but utilizing like sex as the actual like storytelling thread, not the actual action of sex, but just <laughs> the very sexiness of the movie itself is so prevalent. Like everything feels like it's a yeah. little sweaty. That's how I'd put it. This movie's wet. This yeah. is a wet a ass movie. movie. Yeah, this is a wet, <laughs> wet ass that, like, film. This is also like an amazing movie of like just the pedigree in this film is pretty incredible. Like Bill Pope was the cinematographer. Bill Pope was the guy who they like the first guy they hired. I read this today. The first guy they hired left. He's like, I can't make it on this. He had a six million dollar budget. He's like, I can't <laughs> make insane. it. It's too small a budget. And Bill Pope was like, I'm good. I got a bunch of cheap guys came in. This movie would be like 250 grand today. Yeah. And Bill Pope, you know, Bill Pope went on to do, like be the DP for like the Spider-Man, the Raimi Spider-Man movies and all of the uh, Matrix Matrix movies. So again, like yeah. it does pay sometimes to be the cheap guy on the seat, cheap guy, even though he really yeah. was extremely talented. Yeah, it's th this movie is definitely the the hottest movie of the month. Uh, maybe Body Heat would argue with temperature wise. I don't know, uh, man. but this is a movie. It's just the very first moment we're in that elevator, right, mm -hmm. with the sunglasses down. You're like, holy shit, the vibes are powerful, right? Um, and then the movie has this motif where they do this. It's like a Gallagher show, right? Put your tarp on, right? Because every <laughs> fucking scene is gonna drip. Uh, like just comical fucking scenes of like. Oh, my pipes burst. And she's like fucking just doing the Indian rug burn on this fucking drippy pipe. It's close up. I believe it's a little slowed down, right? Yeah. Just like this fucking jerking off motion. They do that shot, I feel like, ten times in the movie where it's an overly sexualized normal object moment. Yeah. And it, it has this effect of there is not a moment in this film where sex is not the kind of, uh, you know, wet ceiling tile above your head you're we're waiting for it to burst at any you're, moment you're thinking at any moment someone could like just decide to get down like it's a very strange thing like i think what's interesting too and i don't know if this is on purpose and again this could just be my read on it but when i was like especially like that opener like the pipe the the pipe tightening scene the whole like back and forth dialogue i was like i don't even think she has a tool no she's just she's literally just doing it with her hand which is incredible <laughs> But, like, the other part Just of this, there. and this is, like, I don't know, couldn't tell if this was, I watched this scene, like, four times, because I was honestly trying to figure out why it sounded this way to me. Because, like, I do not think the dialogue in this scene functions on a level of reality, like, at all. Granted, it's a noir. <laughs> so, like, a lot of the time, noir No, has this movie a, has, has pornography brain for a lot of it. Yeah, and, like, that, I think, was the hardest part for, like, because I watched that scene, I was like, is Jennifer Tilly, like, a bad actress? Is Gina Grishana no. bad? She's like, no, no. Both of these guys are doing like turning in an A plus performance. I'm like, but this dialogue feels it's like, like the way strippers so talk corny. to you. Yeah, yeah. Like there's that, a I lot. Mean, I, like you're waiting it, for people to fuck at the end of the scene. Oh, for like every fucking moment of every scene, right? Like, it, and there is every this kind scene. of. Yeah, I don't know that I would say that it, it triggered in my mind as a noir, but it definitely has stylized dialogue between those two, right? Like yeah. that that is not how human beings talk. Not at all. Even the first scene where she's just like, I tricked you over here to fucking clean my pipes. You're like, that's every fucking yeah, that's skit a porno. that parodies a porno. And then she's just like, boom, hand to crotch, and we're off to the races. 
right? Like, and then we're, we're for the rest of the movie, you know, we're all kind of Joey Pants just walking into the room, like, hey, I thought, oh, hey, oh, I thought not something to be was that going guy. on here. Not to be that guy, but I will say, like, I know that, like, the other movies we're watching with have some hotness to it. Like, again, it's a very hot movie. Like, I, I, I'm are you, you going to fly your freak flag on every episode? I'm going to fly my freak flag on down and say, like, this is a really <laughs> sexy movie. Like, it is, like, yeah. I'm not sure I've seen, like, sexual chemistry like that, like, yeah. in a long time between two people. Yeah, my my friend showed me this when we were younger. Uh, used to be my manager at the movie theater. This is their favorite movie, right? Um, and it's one of those movies that you kind of get, you're almost, like, mad at it when you're at a certain age because I assume that being an adult was just constantly traipsing in and out of sexually thick situations <laughs> yeah uh and you're just like no that's not how it goes like when someone comes to fix my pipes it's never like a yeah. oh bother. to quote, to quote I mean? pat Oswald, to quote pat Oswald, i think like when we were younger we always thought we would just be walking through like a fog bank of twatness for our entire lives <laughs> and Dude, i remember every time i got dropped off in the mall i was trying to figure out like if orange julius had a booth i could throw down in yep I, like, never had sex. It wasn't even, like, ever on the radar. But you're like, I better be prepared. Right. Well, like, like, I know they have, like, a shoe trying on room. It was, at like, Kohl's, seeing maybe movies they're... like this and then also mall rats, there was this sense of, like, oh, shit, the mall could be the place you get down. Yeah. Like, that's a I thought everywhere. I thought movie theaters, putt well, Movie theaters like, was a given. You know, you got Cosmic bowling, that was a big one where I was like, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's cosmic bowling, here. definitely. I agree with that. Haunted <laughs> houses, that's always a popular one. Don't with the performers? Why. Yeah, obviously yeah. with the performance. Yeah, I mean, hey, no. hey, yo, wait, yo, wait. You go with a girl. The the, the 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 consensus was in middle school of, like, you went with a group. Yeah. The scared girl would grab onto you, and, you know, if that wow. was what you were down for, you'd like, yeah. grab grab onto you, and, like, you'd be their, like, protector, even though, for me personally, I was had the shit scared out of me as well. So, like, you know. Yeah. I mean, that reminds me of an old saying about bringing sand to the beach. You know what I mean? I'm, let I'm that looking one for go. a creepy ass old performer to jump out of their closet and drag me back in. That's what I'm looking for at a haunted house. <laughs> no, that's neither here nor there. What the fuck are we talking about? Uh, yeah, Six. so Bound, essentially, yeah, Gina Gershon plays this kind of ex-convict we we figure out, right? Uh, she just slides into this table like the Fonz, right? It's trying to pick up this lady. Very Fonz. The other lady, yeah. yeah, whips up the badge, right? Like, oh, I didn't know you were out. So we're getting these context clues, right? She was a thief. Something happened. We find out later she had a partner, but she fucked her, right? Right. So she did five years for it. Jennifer Tilly latches on to this. Fucked her over, by the way, not just fucked her. So. Well, yes. Yes, both, both. right? <laughs> on both fronts, you know? It was a standing 6-9 of betrayal is yeah, what yeah. it was. You but. know, In this universe, you didn't go to jail for that kind of thing. You went to jail yes. for like, actually stealing things. Here's a question I'm going to pose you. <laughs> Did Jennifer Tilly just straight up use Gina Gershon the whole movie? Man, I uh, I was going to ask you the same she question. She latched on quick. I was going to ask you the same question, actually, because it feels like that for most of the movie. Something about that has... Yeah. And I maybe, you know what it is? It's after... You just kind of pick up a vibe. That's what it is. Because it is this like strangers on a train thing that starts happening. And you're like, why is this happening so quickly? It's very bizarre. And, like, the chemistry is there, obviously. But, like, then they start talking about trust. And I'm like, I wouldn't trust either of you at this point. Like, what is going on? 
Yeah, it's it. They do this this kind of running thing, right? Where yeah. what's the difference between you and me? And Jennifer Tilly's like, well, I'm smart. I know what I am. I I think there is a moment, right? Because you're kind of left as the movie progresses, right? There's this kind of subplot that becomes the narrative engine, right? That is this this mafia infighting and this suitcase of money, right? Two point whatever million. What happens is is this is laid on top, right? To put them to the test. It becomes this ethical crucible where we're going to find out, right? Even when they make the plan, she's like, it's kind of like flirting. We all get in. We get wet. Yeah. We get wet and we talk and we make details. Then you find out who's getting fucked and it's like, whoa, wow, okay. Yeah, yeah. So they're letting us know it's kind of all a trick. There's this moment in the movie you're sitting there and you have to ask yourself, why the fuck does Corky not run? Because for the life of me, they, they, these are like two conflated arguments, right? Because Jennifer Tilly continually running to the phone, I think she's def, desperate for Gina Gershon to get dragged into this. For her and her Caesar to fight and her to run off with the money by herself. Where, where do you think Jennifer Tilly stands as this begins to unfurl? Because we see her as this masterful back and forth liar. Right. And mover of people. I think because she does that, that is like the red flag it sends up to people like us, which is like, oh, she's like, she's playing both of them, you know? Like, that's like, that to me is like one of those things where, especially because we've watched enough of these kinds of movies, and that, again, it's just because we're that kind of movie viewer, is you assume, especially in a noir type situation, that someone's going to pull one over on somebody. Like, not only right. that, like, that's like... This flim flam isn't the only flim flam guy. Like that's like the whole bit almost routinely in noirs. So flim flams and hip slams. Yeah, that's this these, whole movie. You know, these flim flams and boondoggles certainly will not, you know, pan out, but like someone's pulling a job on somebody else. Like that's how all There's plenty of getting jobs on other people for sure. To be fair, you're not wrong there. But <laughs> there's but like in any like any decent noir, there's always gonna be there's there's the there's the other one. There's, oh, while yeah. this was happening, this was also happening. So I think because I'm trained as a movie watcher to assume that, my set, my radars went off immediately about Jennifer Tilly's character. Like, I was already yeah. assuming, like, where's the fucking, where's the, where's the rub, you know? Yeah. It is this weird, it is that this too. weird I thing. I do worry that our sexually immature humor is going to derail our scholarly analysis of this month's <laughs> film. Yeah, we're very scholarly uh, here, so, you know, we just want to keep <laughs> I'm wearing a fucking sweater. How dare you? No, uh, I am sweating a lot, like yeah. gravy, but it's neither here nor there. I, I think it's the thing, though, right? It's because I think the other thing the movie's telling us is that Corky doesn't believe her at all. Yeah. And I thought that was one of the fun scenes, right? She goes back. She just was fingering this guy's wife, shakes his hand with the finger-blasting hand. Awesome. Washes it, and we just watch this gagoosh all over her hand in slow-mo again, like it's the 300. She lifts it up like she's going to smell the fingers. And I was like, fuck, yeah, dude, this is going for it. And she just goes, Corky, what are you doing here? Hey, old Corky, what are you doing here? You know better. And I was like, she fucking knows. So that was the other flip side of that, right? I think Jennifer Tilly is, I have to get out of this situation, right? She has been taught to weaponize her sexuality, you know, to survive her, her lot in life. Corky is a completely different and more self-destructive kind of a path. Right. 
she knows immediately the first moment that lady comes to the door with the coffees. Mm-hmm. I get the sense that Corky can read everyone immediately. That's kind of her gift, right? Is she sure. can read what's going on in the room. Right. She knows immediately what's happening. Mm-hmm. Then immediately knows this guy's mobbed up. Can see the writing on the wall, right? Why does Corky not run? She sits there and listens and waits for Jennifer Tilly to help her out. She even breaks back into the apartment to try to save her. What is happening to Gina Gershon in this moment when she fucking knows? I don't think she believes in fairy book romances like this, right? Why stay? I mean, I don't know. I didn't think about this that way. I I guess that character would stay, in my opinion, because it becomes a this is going to sound weird. It becomes part of like a professional hazard. I don't know if that sounds right. Like, I don't know how <laughs> to put it though. Like, cause like, I'm going to need a little bit more, <laughs> but like, that's the problem though. It's like, logically it makes no sense. Like Corky is a character who seems like she's already been through the ringer, but this is actually, you know, actually this is something, this is, this is more, this is something that I thought was really fascinating as I watched it today is because I read, I also read that, every studio except for Joel Silver um, and like Republic films passed on the movie or said, the only way we'll make this movie is if you make Corky a man and the Wachowskis were like, we're not doing that. That makes no sense. It's not how we wrote it. But like when you watch the movie, Corky, like the performance is above and beyond like reproach. Like that's the, that's the, Oh, the performances in this movie are awesome. That's the movie itself. But like, that's what's interesting about Gina Gershon's performance is she does it like a, like a, you know, like a character, like a male character in a noir who's like the Patsy, but not the Patsy. And I think that's maybe what it is, is this is like, it's, that's the only way I know how to put it though. It's like, it's not a point of professional yeah. pride. Like that's not what it works, but what it is, is finishing the job. She's I guess like, I'm a painter. I'm a yeah. fucking painter. I get every corner and I peel the tape. Right. No, like, that's I'm, the only it, way you, I could probably make put a good it. point, that would make though, sense. right? Yeah. It, in this day, we didn't really see very many female characters like Gina Gershon in this movie. Just fucking walking around owning it. Well, this is the only movie of its ilk that explores a homosexual relationship that it's not the key component of the story. Like, this is yeah. a noir that just happens to have two gay characters in it, but that's like a really important thing for happening in 1996. Is yeah. this is a movie that just doesn't have this movie that is about gay characters that's not that is not a key component to the story. Yeah, and I mean I guess there's a way to read it too, right? Is that Gina Gershon's playing the angles mm-hmm. and that she's also in it for this money, right? Right. I think that's the interesting choice though, is when she puts the money in the paint bucket and stays. That seems like a very deliberate and planned out thing. She's not trying to just get away with the money anymore. Right. I'm I mean that would be I mean that's essentially like do you think she caught the feels? No. Well, yeah, kind of. I don't know, man. Like it, these are these are the th- like couple reads, right? Like she's such she a hard character to legit, read or she's just I don't want to take this shit anymore. I'm not going to put up with guys like this, right? right. Or like seeing that Jennifer Tilly's character is having to put up with it. 
Corky's just like, I've had enough. This is where I make my stand. Right. For whatever fucking reasons that may happen. I just thought it was a really interesting moment, right? Because if I'm Gina Gershon, I'm just getting the fuck out. Yeah. Take that money far away and then tell Jennifer Tilly, like, hey, man, when you're cool, come meet me at Subway Sandwiches. Right. Like in two days and we'll <laughs> run away. Like, that mentality of getting the fuck out, that's the mentality of like a true ex-con. Like, I think what makes Corky a more fascinating and interesting character is like she's still a thief. Like to be an ex-con, you're no longer you're giving up the life. That's like what what you're doing. You know what you're doing when you're moving to an apartment complex and become uh, a handyman for people who work. The for old the honor amongst thieves defense, eh? Well, I mean, <laughs> that's how I would. That's how I would characterize it. Because look, if it really mattered, if it really was a thing where you're like, oh yeah, I'm going to start my life over, you wouldn't be living in an apartment building like littered with people from the mob. How many times Even does Joey Pants shoot that gun? In like. I think only Gina Gershon calls the cops. Everyone else is like, eh, it's all right. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's just used to that kind of shit. Like, yeah. It, it's a, <laughs> the it's apartment a really, building is its own like vortex of But craziness. that's my thing is like Corky knows the kind of Corky knows the danger that she's putting herself in because she's kind of that's just part of her life. So there's no moral there's no moral. um the moral relative, the moral relativeness of doing this kind of thing is so to us, because we're, you know, normal citizens that don't do things like that. Like that doesn't that, that that's what makes this whole situation so bizarre and so film worthy because it's something that we would never experience ourselves. But like the moral relativeness of Corky and Violet's plan. But not only that, like Corky's response to Violet herself is something we can, that's like the part that's worth watching and sort of relatable is like, yeah, like you have a little bit of loyalty. Like it's the one person that hasn't yeah. fucked with you. I don't know, man. Cause I or think she it? knows she is fucking with her, dude. Maybe it's because I think that. maybe there's a, there's maybe a devil the may care thing, right? Yeah. Is that Corky's just, I think Maybe that's the honor just among likes getting thing. off on taking stuff, right? That's like the honor among everything's been taken from me all the time. I have to take whatever I need in this world. Right. Maybe that's just the game of the movie. It, it was an interesting moment that obviously leads to a fun, uh, fun little game throughout. Yeah, I do think that's what I like about this movie, right? The sexiness only carries you so far, right? Like, I remember seeing this as a younger guy and just being like, holy shit. You know, this is like one of the movies you would tell everyone else school, like, dude, you got to get that fucking movie. Trust right. me, you got to get your hands you gotta on that. You got to see fucking. this movie, man. Oh, these yeah. girls are just, they're going, they're, it's crazy. Dude, it was like this and Wild Things was like one of those movies. Like, there were a couple where you're like, oh, my God. Uh, but this one just felt sexier, right? If but that, that really will only Titanic, carry you so yeah. far. What do you make of the, uh, once the movie starts to turn into our mafioso story? I mean, I know the reason for it. Is it weird that I think it gets a little boring? I don't know. So I don't know how else to put it. Like, it's strange. Like, really? I, it's weird to say this. I liked, like, I like all these planning scenes. Like, those two are so electrifying on screen that anytime yeah. Joey, pa and look, I'm not saying Joe Pantoliano is not amazing. Like, he's fucking awesome in this movie. Dude, he like, brings it in this movie. Yeah. Like, he's fucking fantastic. But, like, I guess he's probably like once we get deeper past like once we get past Joey Pants and like with like Chris Maloney and a lot of the other characters that show up like 
uh, yeah, it's like Johnny and the other guys. That is the part where I'm like, yeah, I get it. But like the planning, the execution, like the three of them are so good that when we start entertaining other characters, it starts to kind of like run the gamut of all these other things for me. Like it's not bad, but like, again, we're just like, I'm sitting there like waiting for the next moment I get with those three only. Yeah. Those two, those well, three. It like, felt like we did like six scenes in a row of someone's knocking at the door. Right. What am I going to? It's like, all right, like I get it. There is something to this kind of pairing the the mafia movie, mm-hmm. right? These these fucking big dick swinging types that always have to like fucking draw these lines in the sand. And them just completely overlooking these two lady characters to their their own demise eventually that I thought was a really cool juxtaposition, right? Like the first time they're beating the shit out of Sally and Gina Gershon's just listening to that in the other room, right? The yeah. thin walls. Um, I thought that worked really well, yeah. right? The setup of, oh, we'll make him think Johnny did it and this and that. That was pretty clever. I do think it devolves a little bit at the end where they keep trying to get suspense out of the same beat. And I'm with you. The moments to me, right? Like when he's like, oh, pretend you're fucking sucking me off in the shower. Oh, wait. <laughs> like I was like, all right, that's that's whatever, right? Yeah. The, the moments, though, when she sneaks in to make the phone calls. Mm-hmm. that is real fucking tension. Yeah. Like that, that is real scary tension. Cause now we're getting out of the, the oceans, the level style fucking carnival ride ruse. Mm-hmm. And we're getting into like, Oh my God, he's going to fucking kill his wife. Yeah. Right. So that shit worked really well. Why the fuck is Violet making these phone calls? I read it nefarious. What did you make of this? Also nefarious. I don't know how, like that was like, she knows that you can hear the phone ring next door. Yeah. Like, and again, this goes to like what we're thinking the entire movie, which is like Violet knows what's up. Not only yeah. Violet knows what's up, Violet has her own fucking set of priorities and set of plans. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's again, like the crazy thing about this movie is it just makes you think everyone's got one, got one over the other. Like that I think is the constant struggle watching this movie in a good way is mm-hmm. that, Every character feels like they have their own MO to a point where like there is no one in cahoots with each other. They all just sort of we're all just watching these plans sort of careen into each other to see which one's going to like suss out. And we want. Yeah. And we want Corky's, too, because Corky's had a rough life. Yeah. I mean, because that's the thing. I feel it's so fucking weird to make the phone calls and even to make the phone call where she is it like 100 percent sure where the fuck he is. Right. And he just walks in and finds her. Yeah. Okay. Right. And then as soon as he catches them, right. Cause J- Corky running to unlock the door and try to save her. I thought that was a wild choice. That's a wild moment in the movie. He's not going to kill his wife. If he thinks she knows where the money is. Right. We've already established that. Right. Why not wait in that apartment and get the fucking jump on him with the giant wrench like we do 20 minutes later? The fact that she runs over hints at some other fucking thing driving Corky. And I think that's the thing that I kept wanting to figure out in the movie. And I don't know where I settled, if it was just a fuck you or like actually had feels. I think the the ending in the truck, right? The what's the difference between you and me? I don't know. Me either. I think Corky's letting us know that she knows this game is still afoot. Yeah. And then it always will be as long as these two ladies are entwined by this money. Right? So her running into that apartment after Joey Pants has already fucking clobbered his wife, 
gets the jump on her, right? She gets fucking knocked out by him like five times. That's not great. <laughs> it's it's gets hard to watch where he's just fucking like clocking her. Yeah. You know, and she's still doing the, you know, fucking shoot me or, you know, lick me like fuck off. Great. That's cool. And then like once we get to the finger chopping, it's it's really ramping up. God, I, I don't I guess scene. I don't know. Right. Because it feels like Violet's working an angle. But Corky knows that. So why keep running into this? Why set the boots and the money in the fucking bathroom and wait for a jump? Just run. I mean, what anchors Corky to that apartment? It's I mean, the burning question of the movie to me. And that that to me makes the second act into the third a little more interesting. I mean, because it's a character specifically acting in direct opposition to how we are told they behave. Well, I mean, by that rationale, I think the only way to explain it would be, yeah, cuff feels like that's it. Like, that's the only because here's the other thing, too. And this is like. The the message in this movie that starts that starts to creep in towards the end is like, yeah, love makes you do crazy things. And I'm not saying it's love necessarily, but there's like a level of infatuation that happens with these characters. That that's what you have to latch on to to yeah. carry you through to do to do yourself justice as a viewer to ignore the fact that they're just flying in the face of logic on every level for who their characters are. You have to assume that what's going on is these two are madly in love or just like mad together. That's it. Yeah, I know. Cause Violet in lays out strong. her goal, right? Yeah. I need to start a new life. I can't do it on my own. Help me do this ruse. Right? Yeah. When she calls and Corky's just letting the fucking phone ring like a rube. Right? Like he's she's fucking Affleck and Argo or some shit. <laughs> and she answers it and it's just like I would never betray you or whatever. I know. That's why I'm still here. And I was like, maybe it is just that someone did this to me and you know, something like that. But I thought that added a little extra intrigue as we're just running around fucking up Joey Pants. You know what I mean? Yeah. Can I can I point something out here? Like just I wanna say something like cinema. Like, not cinematography only, but, like, there's something about, like, the scene where the scene where Joey Pants starts shooting Chris Maloney. And I'm like, the way the that they clicks. shoot that gun, like, the way they film him actually shooting the gun is, like, something. It's weird because, like, obviously you see it now. But, like, so after he shoots, um, is it Gino, the older guy with the hat on? Is that yeah. Gino? Yeah. So mm -hmm. this Dude, is well, there's that creepy scene where like it's really close on the eyes, like, yeah, give me the gun. And he just closes his eyes and close up, like, well, I'm gonna fucking do this. Yeah. It's weird too because like it's odd that I can't tell the difference between a lot of Italian guys' names, but I literally was like, Which one's Gino? Which one's Johnny? I know he's Caesar, <laughs> but who the fuck are the rest of these guys? But like they fall into naming patterns, yeah. That shot of him getting of him shooting Gino, and I like it's not slow motion, but where he like falls backwards and the camera oh, yeah. goes with him. So it's cool. almost like the guy falling in psycho down the stair that it's Yeah, like, yeah, ah. the well, there, there's a dream like, right? The the reality that we have been watching in this movie is shattered in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And so, but I, I love moments where there's gun violence, right? Mm -hmm. That cuts away from the actual gun and bullet and just goes right in on people's yeah, reaction to what they're doing. That way. So I just, I thought the way they shot that was but really then, brilliant. So they sh he shoots Gino and then it's this awesome, uh, like, it's like the precursor to the bullet cam. 
mm-hmm. where they move the camera around just the gun. Like, it stays focused on the gun. Like, again, what I love watching about – what I love watching in this movie, and obviously the movie itself is great, but what I really enjoy is seeing the Wachowskis – like, it's the proto-Wachowskis that we all grew up with because this mm-hmm. is, like, an amazing – this is an amazing calling card movie to get you to whatever the next step is. And the next yeah. step for them was the fucking matrix. And you're just yeah. watching this movie and you're like, wow, like <laughs> all these little DNA imprints from this movie are definitely in the matrix. But a lot of it is, it's not even just like cinematography, but a lot of it is like the ability that the guy that the Wachowski's had to bury the lead in a lot of ways it's a really fascinating way that they tell this story. And I think it's a really fascinating way that they get there. Yeah. I mean, the matrix at its very core, right. Is a movie about deciding your own narrative, right? Right. Who are you and what world are you a part of? That's what this movie is, right? These are people just staking. They're like, I'm going to fucking change my narrative. That's the same the same vibe, right? And as you can see, you know, further down the Wachowski's life, that was something that was very important to them, yeah. obviously. This movie is about but, identity for sure. Yeah, and I, I it's funny because it is really clever in how they you know, when she's making the call from the bathroom, right? Mm-hmm. Like make the deal now. It has these really clever twists and turns that keep you, you know, paying attention to the movie. But again, the mafia thing feels like something that had to be added. Because what really sells this movie is is the fucking sizzle of those two characters on camera. Yeah. Um, and it's just, it's it's almost gargantuan how much that pours out of the screen, right? Um, it's oppressive on you physically watching the movies. You're like, oh my God, I need to be sexier in my life. I need more of this shit. Um, and so I think it's an, an interesting turn that it then goes into this fucking mafia story. How do you feel that the sexiness <laughs> dictates how we watch the fucking bullet story? I mean, it is that weird, like, cross. It's that, like, confluence of sex and violence. Like, it's, yeah. like, a really weird. Because there's never a time where it doesn't. There's some. There's never a time where something doesn't feel kind of sexy. Like. Never. I don't know what else to say. Like, it's weird to say that about, like, scenes where dudes get shot with guns. But there's something like you think that was hot, too. It's not that just the prevalence of sex. It's penetrative. It's like, no, it's like it, it's, it is. Um, it is. That's science. OK, th- thank you. Thanks. <laughs> right. Thanks, Poindexter. No, like what it is, is That's like it's right. this. Um, the only way I can describe it, like it's this. It's the smell of it. Like. I don't know how else to describe it, but like you just, it's this experience and it's the experience and the feeling and the vibe you get from the movie. Yeah. And that I think is like, again, it happens in the first 15 minutes and it never goes away. And it has nothing to do yeah. with like whatever sexual chemistry they have, like, or whatever sexual acts they do together. It's the chemistry. Sorry. That's what it is. Like it yeah. is the chemistry and like, because they're so electrifying together on screen, you're constantly trying to get back to them. And obviously like they have to be in different scenes. Like they have to, you know, Caesar's gotta be, you know, uh, Violet has to be with Caesar. Like that's the only way the plan works. It can't just be these two running off together. Like if it was like a chase movie, that'd be kind of fucking lame. Like that's not what this movie should be. Like, right. 
again, if it was just this weird chase movie where like these two are on the run with two million dollars, like we've already done that fucking movie. Like I, I yeah, you know. Well, they That's came up with a really is. clever device for that, right? Which is them listening through the walls to each other or touching the wall where they think the other one is. Yeah. They even have that great shot is uh, Caesar takes Violet outside. Mm-hmm. And Gershon's watching through the the peephole. And Jennifer Tilly turns and, like, they lock eyes through the door. So I think that that first part instructs us how much we want them to be together. In the second half of the movie is all about blocking them apart, right? Even if they're fighting, they're standing on opposite sides of the room, right? When uh, Violet comes in and, you know, Corky's like, are you all right? They're really fucking far apart in that moment. And so the whole rest of that movie is we want that smashing together of these two. And so, yeah, I think I think that is kind of the, you know, the wind in the sails of the film. Even because, again, I'm not trying to shit on it's a really clever you know how it how it plays out with you know yeah. the fucking mafias and the dead body oh, right absolutely. i thought it, it gets to the moment where it's kind of straining right like the cop like oh there's blood dripping down where his fucking dick is oh there's fucking blood under his shoes you know where it's like all right you're kind of straining my fucking you know suspension of disbelief here get on with it um but then yeah you get that moment at the end where fucking violet just tells uh you know caesar you don't know shit and just fucking annihilates him into the white paint. And it's this orgasmic release again. He's literally just laying there in this fucking puddle of dead cum. It's true. Yeah. It's, it's but again, fun. well, that's the thing, right? The cum, his life died in the cum, but that fucking gave life to this new romance. I mean, that is certainly a visual metaphor if I've ever heard one. Yeah. But again, like the life giving and taking cum at the end. <laughs> But that's what the movie—that's what the movie is, we're man. Too childish for this. I mean, we're definitely too childish for this. But either way, <laughs> that's really like what it boils down to is there's just sex everywhere in this movie. Like it is a steamy, steamy romp in the hay. But not only that, it's one of those we're also movies being that a says, really good noir. Yeah, it's you don't have to just do heroic things just because you're in love, right? Yeah, but sometimes you're like. That was a good lay. I'm going to be heroic to have another good romp. <laughs> and I think the older I get, the more I understand that. I, I feel like I <laughs> I would yeah. maybe do something that heroic. You know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's, it's just this really tight, dense, well-crafted movie, right? The visuals are so strong and they set up all of this stuff. So when it just turns into another, hey, my first movie is a fucking small crime film. Right. There's a lot extra going on in this, right? Totally. Even that last scene with those two. We're just watching her lie to Mickey and then come back and her and Gina Gershon there again, they're playing sexual flirtation chess. Right. And we just we don't we don't have to know. It never settles. We just know that it's always gonna be this who done it with these two. Mm-hmm. But that's fine, right? And it, yeah. it's just it's so fucking fun of a movie. I think what and, I like the most is the movie never asks you This is the thing that noirs do that this movie never does is it never asks you to solve the crime because hey we already know who's committing it but more importantly that is not why we're watching this movie like what we're watching what we're watching is yeah the the relationship between two people blossoming but not only that like the trust bond forming between these two over always constantly 
there's a chance that I might get fucked over. Like there is this like that's like the yeah. sexy vibe is you're like I'm gonna ride or die with this person. However, every scene someone's I'm looking fucked. over my shoulder. Yeah, that's totally. Bound, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's a really uh, steamy good time, guys. That's it for Bound. I hope you guys had as much fun with it as we did. Uh, again, guys, this month the pod gets stuffed. So more erotic thrillers to come next week episode. I don't know if it fits erotic thriller. Definitely a formative erotic movie for guys our age. Uh, Cruel Intentions next week. Thriller no. I have to Erotique, say, yes. I don't know that I had seen this since theaters when I had to sneak in to watch it. What an absolute bag of fuckery that movie is. Oh, that, yeah. it, I almost choked to death on my couch watching that movie. So I can't wait to talk about that. Utter one. chaos. Just pure and utter chaos. Yeah, so... Uh, guys, this month, the pod gets stuffed. A lot of erotic thrillers. We have some really good stuff over on Patreon.com slash FilmAlchemistPod. Uh, exclusives, commentaries, double features, mini series. Guys, we have so much awesome stuff over there. We would appreciate the support. We're making it worth your time, I promise. The YouTube Film Alchemist, the email, FilmAlchemistPod at gmail.com. We're on the socials. Leave those five-star ratings and reviews wherever you find the pod. So that's it, guys. Wipe your glasses. Take your tarps off for now. But keep them ready for Cruel Intentions next week. For the Film Alchemist, I'm Josh Griffey. And I'm Alex Tandino. Bye!